Welcome to the Depths of Motherhood podcast, the show that is ready to go deep into the exploration of raising wildlings in today's world and how to tap into your innate wisdom. Hosted by Danielle Baker, a Women's Circle facilitator, doula, and passionate mother. Danielle welcomes guests onto the show who are dedicated to positively influencing the world of pregnancy, birth, parenting, and humaning in general. Join us to debunk the myths and reveal truths that will realign you back to your true nature. Mothering in today's world may seem overwhelming at times. This podcast aims to cut through the noise to share with you information to support you on your journey. If you love this podcast, show your support by signing up to the Depths of Motherhood Patreon, starting from as little as $3. If you join the highest tier, you'll gain access to the Women's Circle Online, run by Danielle, where she shares weekly live gatherings, sharing tools for body literacy, womb healing, radical rest, and a space to explore conversations for rewilding. All classes are recorded and stored in the Living Library. If you're listening, you can receive 50% off monthly membership by clicking the link in the show notes. Welcome everybody to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Danielle. This week, Danielle welcomes on the show. And that's Danielle. I was asking how to pronounce it. Such a beautiful name. And yeah, let's find out all about her and her journey. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Where are you from? I live in Ohio, Worcester, Ohio, and I've lived here all my life. And I know you have a beautiful business I can see online. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, I started an herbal tea business about four years ago after I had um, kind of a, well, not kind of, a really experience where I lost custody of my five children. And I just had to pull myself up somehow. So I started this business, tea business, and it's, you can find it at evespharmacy.com. I sell, they're all herbal teas free and I harvest a lot of it myself and grow a lot of it myself. So it is incredible. How did that call you? I know you said why you got to that point, but did the herbs and plants actually call you? Well, I'm not really sure. (laughs) It was a desperate (laughs) grab at something. And I mean, that's just what first presented itself, I guess. So when you hold out your arms and you ask for help and the universe comes with nature at your door, Mm -hmm. that's incredible. I'm going to leave the information for your business in the show notes so that people can come and find you and follow you on Instagram as well. Thank you. Okay, so I would love to hear about your birth story or stories. I know you have many. (laughs) So whatever ones that come through, however that is channeled through you, just let it be. Okay. Well, I'll just try to go through all of them, I guess. I have some. Some of them are shorter because they're not as, you know, pretty smooth going. So my my first son, who's 15 now, and we just celebrated his birthday. He was born on January 7th and I was going to college and I started out going to a typical doctor, male doctor, and I immediately found out that is not what I want to do. So I asked him about midwives and he was like, you definitely do not want a midwife. (laughs) And you definitely can't do it at home and all of that stuff. So I was like, well, that's what I want to do then because I don't like you. And (laughs) 
So, so I somehow stumbled across these two lay midwives who I immediately bonded with. And I still went to a prenatal care. I found some certified nurse midwives who I felt more comfortable with. And I ended up having him at home. It was a six hour labor and I pushed for two hours and it was really not very eventful at all. I labored on the toilet and then, and they were so hands off. It was wonderful. They just sat there and basically didn't do anything until, unless I needed something, they gave me water or whatever, but just really supportive, not, you know, like commanding at all, or um, it, it was just really nice. And so he was born and it was, I'm like I said, it was very uneventful for a first time birth. And <laughs> did you do any preparation not, for it? I did. Like I exercised and I ate what I thought I should, which was just, you know, I just, whatever I felt was healthy. It was a, a learning experience for sure. Especially when I got to transition, that was like, I had never felt anything like that before in my life. So that was just really eye-opening for me, I guess. And I don't know, it, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. It was difficult, but it was beautiful. And I actually remember one part of it, like pushing, I think is, is hard for first time moms. And one thing that my midwives did that really helped me is because I didn't know where to push. I didn't know what part of my body to exert. So they put, um, one of them put her finger on my perineum and, and I felt that. And then I knew which direction to push. So that was really helpful for me. And it was more like having a bowel movement <laughs> than what I had expected it to be. So it was, it was very strange. So that was my first one. And I don't know, there's not a whole lot to say about that, except for afterward, I decided since I was not finished with college yet, and I, I wasn't married, I, I was a little bit, it was, there was some instability in my life. So I decided I wanted to get on some form of birth control which was the first and only birth control that I've ever been on. And I chose a copper IUD because it didn't have any hormones in it. And which I thought would be, you know, wonderful. Well, I don't know. I, I started to feel like there was something wrong with me after I got it because I would have really heavy bleeding every month. And as the longer I, and I don't know if this is a common occurrence, but the longer I had it, the more I started showing, I mean, I was researching this myself. I started seeing signs of copper toxicity in my body. And there was one month in particular where I skipped a period and then had a really heavy period after that. So I'm like, oh, I kind of think that I'm miscarrying every month. Like <laughs> I that's just what I felt, but none of the research or literature said that that's what was happening. So I kept researching. I was like, nothing, nothing is lining up. Am I just weird? My midwives didn't, um, I mean, the certified nurse midwives that I was, were seeing that I was seeing for prenatal care, they, they told me, no, you shouldn't be having any of these symptoms or whatever. And I'm like, yes, but I am. <laughs> So I kept researching and I finally found this paper that was published in Europe that 
show it was it was laying out all of my symptoms and all of the things that were happening to me. And I was like, okay, well, here's one. What is going on with all the rest of these? Where are they coming from? Because <laughs> anyway, that was a bad experience. And I actually started to affect my mind. So I had that removed. And then, and then I decided I wanted to get pregnant again. <laughs> well, I couldn't get pregnant for like four months after that or something or a couple. I don't remember how many months. But when I did, I felt that something was wrong. Like it didn't feel right. So I carried that baby for four months and then I miscarried. And that was a very sobering experience, I guess. Um, and to any moms that miscarry, I, I feel for you. And also, I want to encourage you to look at your baby when you miscarry, because I did not. And I regret it. I felt the baby was still alive. I could feel it moving as it was coming out of me. And I was so scared to look at it. I just, um, and I did this on my own. I didn't go to the doctor or anything. I just miscarried into the toilet and flushed it. And I, I look back at that and I am so regretful that I didn't at least look at my baby. And so that's my experience with that. Thank you for sharing that. Did you have any support after this? What um, you? I had my midwives that helped me with my first son nice. and some family members, like my grandmother was alive during that time. And she had had, she actually had a baby die after birth. So she was very supportive and anyone that had had a similar experience knew how to support me. But a lot of people, you know, don't, and that's understandable, but yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> sure. So then my second child, it was also, he was also very uneventful birth. He had his fist on his cheek. So it was a little bit tough. I mean, it was different pushing him out because I definitely felt that, but really kind of the same thing. The same thing happened. He was a couple hours longer of a birth but you know I kind of knew what to expect at that point so it wasn't too much of a new thing um now my third birth I thought that these were supposed to get easier but <laughs> for my third birth I was I had a different experience he he came he was in my he was positioned when I was laboring which I did not know he was an eyebrow presentation. So I labored and labored. And my favorite position up to this point was hands and knees. And I had, I was pushing and pushing. The first part of it went fine. It went like normal. But then I was pushing and pushing and pushing. I actually tore my bed sheets because I was pulling on them so hard. And finally, my midwives, one of them, the older woman, she, she looked at me and she looked into my eyes. She didn't say anything. She just looked into my eyes and she said, okay, we need to do something different. And <laughs> so they put me inverted. She, she knew somehow that I, something was wrong with the position of the baby. So they inverted me and they told me not to push. And 
to resist that. So I did that for it. And it's so hard to resist pushing. Your body just wants to do it. And and you have to go into a different space to do that, I think. But I don't know how long I did that, but I think I fell asleep at one point. I was drenched. I was wearing a sweatshirt. My sweatshirt was completely drenched in sweat. It was dripping. And at one point, and this is a good lesson in surrender for me, it was, I, I just, I gave up and I was like, well, I'm either going to die or I'm going to have a baby. And at that point he put his head down and I pushed him out. And afterward, and you know, my bottom was so sore. I had developed a hematoma inside of my birth canal during all the pushing and my midwives were afraid it was going to burst. So they, you know, lubricated me really well and put pressure on it until the baby's head came through. And I was just so swollen and so sore. <laughs> I had, I had actively pushed for five hours and who knows how long inactively, <laughs> but it was, it was definitely a wake up call. Like I had, I had slipped. I, I knew that my diet had slipped. I knew that my self-care had slipped. And so after that, I was like, I really need to turn things around if I'm ever going to have any more babies. Cause I do not, I don't want this to happen again. So it's amazing um, what messages we can get through, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible what it shows us and how amazing the female body is. It is. It is truly. And also how supportive women are of each other when you're in the right space, like in when you're humble enough and willing enough to support each other in the right way. Like I, I, that was the first experience I think I had with a woman where she looked into my eyes and can, could read exactly what was going on. And that was huge. That was like, yeah, that was, <laughs> I can't even. It's like the deepest form of seeing someone. When you said that with no Mm -hmm. words, just eye contact, I got goosebumps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after that, I I started to research diet changes and things like that. Like what is healthy? And I went down a few different paths, but up until this point, I had had all boys and I, I was just taking life as it came to me kind of. But my next, I would find out was a girl. And we had, (laughs) I didn't actually, at this point, I wasn't doing prenatal appointments anymore. I was doing, because I had done them with my last child and the birth. I mean, they didn't, or they weren't telling me what to eat. They weren't telling me anything like that. So what kind of prenatal care is that? They look at the baby through an ultrasound, but they're not telling you what to do to fix any problems or, you know, you're not getting any direction. So I was like, well, whatever, I'm not going to do this anymore. (laughs) And, you know, I, I probably received some flack for that, but I felt at peace with it at that time in my life. And so I just decided to go with my instincts purely. And so I, let's see how that, it's almost like I, I and, and at this point I had a communication with my baby and I knew that. And, and I knew that this was going to be a special birth, 
I didn't know what was going to be special about it, but I knew that it was going to be special. So um, anyway, I labored pretty much the same as my others to begin with. I decided this time I was going to take a shower when I was laboring. And the first part, it, it progressed pretty quickly, actually. And I told my husband at the time to that he needed to take the other kids to my parents, which were they were five minutes away. So um, he did. He he left and I was in the shower. I think maybe I had gotten out at that point. But I had created this concoction for myself to drink during labor. And it was apple juice and maybe another some other powdered herbs, which I forget what they were. But the main one was I put a little bit of cayenne pepper in there. And <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's what. So I drank that. And all of a sudden, kaboom, my labor was like super intense. And as he was driving down the driveway, I was yelling out the window for him. Of course, he couldn't hear me. But I was like, okay, I'm pushing. <laughs> and so I had my daughter all by myself. And there was no one else around. And it was the most beautiful thing. I, can, I cannot describe to you how beautiful that was. She came out and I just wiped her face off. Like there wasn't anything on it really to wipe off. But she just we just looked at each other. And um, she eventually she just screamed. She was like, ah! <laughs> which is so characteristic of her today. She still does that, but it was so special. And she knew she knew how to be born. She knew how to nurse. She knew how to do everything. When my husband got back and walked in the door, I was, we have a girl, and he didn't believe me. He was like, okay, whatever. And then he came into the room and he saw that we really did have a girl. <laughs> so, and then the midwives came, he called the midwives and they came a little later and helped clean up and stuff like that. Wow. But, My um, oxytocin is through the roof right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really special one and quite a blessing after the previous one. So this is yeah. my little one come to join me for some booby right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she was just girls are different at least mine my girl was a lot different than my boys it's like speaking of nursing she just was so gentle when she nursed my sons were <laughs> a little bit different <laughs> they they were a little more tuggy and bitey and pulley and grabby <laughs> playful I guess, <laughs> but she was just so gentle and, you know, not, sometimes she would pinch me, but anyway, and then my last son was born, we had moved and I was a, further away from my parents at that point. And we were having some difficulties in our marriage and I wasn't sure that I could handle any more kids at that point, but I got pregnant and that's how it is, you know? Um, but I was very grateful for the pregnancy and for, for everything like that. And again, this time the labor went, you know, as, as usual, I just went kind of sailed through the first part. And then whenever I get to transition or in the past, my water breaks, like I have one big explosion and, 
and then everything and then pushing starts shortly after. Well, so this happened and I was in the basement of our house, actually. And I I was yelling for my husband to come down and he was obviously asleep and couldn't hear me or was just I don't know what. But he didn't come and he didn't come. And finally, I was started to push and I just screamed, <laughs> like, come down here. <laughs> so he finally woke up and he came down and he called the midwives. And they were actually at a friend's birth, one of my friend's births, who was having a baby at the same time I was. And <laughs> so they were there obviously they can't be in two spots at the same time so they were like well you you can do it you've done it before so so i ended up having him by myself also and well my husband was there but he was more of a an observer <laughs> so and and this was my biggest baby he was nine and a half pounds so, and I'm not a big person, I'm pretty small. So, but thankfully the pushing went all right and everything, but yeah, that was, that's how that one went. And of course they came, the midwives came afterward and helped clean up like the last one. And yeah. Did you find it with, so at this point you have four children and a, a baby, <laughs> right? Yeah. Baby. How was that? Well, that's, it's interesting. So at the time. I think my oldest, how, how old would he have been? He was probably, I mean, he was big enough, like he was doing dishes and things like that. So he was helping around the house and doing chores. So I think like as, as older children, as, as they get older, they help a lot more. And, and if, if you have like good relationships within your family, they will pull their own weight a lot of times as they get older. So that was really helpful. And I could have like my younger kids bring me things and, you know, it, it kind of worked really well, almost better, I would say, than with my first, because I didn't have anyone I could boss around. <laughs> so, yeah. Is there anything that you would say to your younger self with your firstborn? Is there any advice that you would give her? Yeah, I would, I guess. Okay. So there's something else that I didn't mention with my first. And that was that I had considered an abortion, which I am so glad that I did not go through with. And that is thanks to his dad being supportive of me. And I would say to my past self that when I was considering that, that it is a, like what what I was going through was a beautiful thing. I felt, I felt like I was doing something bad by having a child, but I would say to my past self that, no, that's, that's a beautiful thing that you're doing. It's not, it's not bad at all. Um, it's, it's completely the opposite actually. And don't let anybody make you feel otherwise. Like your younger self, when you were pregnant with your first would never probably imagine that you would go on to have five. Oh no, I never, I never thought I would have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it wild? And for anyone listening that are maybe preparing for birth or a second or a third, is there anything that you would like to share? What comes through as you're reflecting on your own stories? I would just say to follow your instincts purely. If, if, if you're with a, a doctor or even a midwife, that you don't feel comfortable with or 
anybody around you that you don't feel comfortable with, or if there's something, some way you want to give birth, then you need to do that. You need to follow your heart and, and don't let anyone discourage you from doing that. You really need to follow that path and not, not be discouraged. Thank All you right. so much. That was, what a beautiful way to spend my Monday. Oh, thank you. And thank you also <laughs> for the opportunity. I've followed your posts and I really, I enjoy them. And I'm just glad to meet you finally. Thank Aww. you so much. Yeah. Have a beautiful day and send in you and all your family so much love.